Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. It is now the time of the show where we search the universe of the planets and Best Buy for the buy of the week. Thank you, Wade. Uh, it, it staggers me how inexpensive televisions have gotten. These televisions, which were $5,000, dollars $20,000 a couple of years ago when they first came out, have gotten to such ridiculously low prices for what you're getting that it's quite a deal. Best Buy has the Hisense television, which has gotten very good reviews on the Best Buy website. Out of 605 reviews, it got 4.5 out of 5 stars. It's a 75-inch television. That's a good-sized TV. Model is H6510G. Uh, it's an LED 4K UHD smart Android TV. Before I tell you the price, I'll tell you what comes with this TV. Uh, again, uh, 4K. It has got Dolby Vision, which is HDR, which is high dynamic range uh, format. A standard LED channeling, 60 uh, hertz refresh rate. It has got 4K upscaling. Uh, comes with the Android TV, uh, so you can stream also things like Disney Plus and Fandango and HBO Max and such. Uh, comes with three HDMI inputs, which may not be enough for what you need, although it's getting easier with all the things streaming on the same TV. All you sometimes need is just that one plug now. Uh, it also works with Google Assistant and uh, Amazon, uh, that word echo. And uh, as I said, it comes Google Assistant is built into the TV. And it's a really nice-looking TV. And the normal price on this TV, is, TV was $999.99. It's on sale at Best Buy today for $649.99. So, I mean, that's really a crazy buy. Uh, almost $400 off the pricing of the TV. And you get a 75-inch HD, UHD 4K TV. So, again... The model number, it's the Hisense, H-I-S-E-N-S-E, 75-inch, model number H6510G series. And you can get it on sale today at Best Buy for $649.99. And that is our buy of the week. Uh, I've never had a Hisense TV. I assume, Marcia, you have not as well. Hisense. Yeah, Hisense. That's what I said, Hisense. It sounded like you, you said hyacinth, so that's why I said hyacinth. Oh, interesting. Thanks for correcting me, Mom. Uh, what is the uh, you have you had one of these before? Because I have not. No, 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 yeah. um, no. Which are the ones that we have? Um, I I've been uh, sticking to what is that one that we have? I have two of them. Vizio. Vizio. Yeah, I, I I've been sticking yeah. with Vizio. I've been ha- very happy with them, so I haven't been really switching around. Yeah, I got my the one I talked about several times. The LG is I, I love it to death. It's the best TV I've literally ever had. And it's funny because I was talking about the you know how many HDMI plugs that you need to have on these things, and it, it really is true. Now you know you used to plug in your Apple TV. You'd have to plug in various and sundry things. You don't really have to do that anymore with the smart TVs because most of what you want to stream or download is already built into the TV set. So uh, it's well, a plus. Well, and also we use uh, what is it the Fire Sound Stick. Bar? Fire, oh, Fire Stick, Of course we yeah. use a soundbar, but a Fire Stick. Yeah. And you just load all the apps on that. We have Apple TV, Apple TV right. Plus on there. Yeah, it's the whole thing. But getting yeah, back I mean, to the story that we missed in the last segment, which I think is important. So we 
many of us use Google Maps. Do you right. use Google Maps still? I do. I use it all the time. Okay. So this is very cool. Google announced it was extending contactless payment to parking with a company called Passport and Park Mobile and public transit users. Uh, Google Maps pay for parking feature will be on Android to more than 400 U.S. cities, including Boston, Cincinnati, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, Washington, D.C. It'll be available on the iOS version soon. And the transit feature will include more than 80 transit agencies globally, which globally I think is really the key because, let's face it, if you're in Shanghai and you look at that funny money and you go, uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. What are you going to do? And then you can just pay for it. That's great. Right. So it's a done originally by a North Carolina-based startup, and, of course, <laughs> Google just sucked that right up, So, which was Passport's operating system. So this will be very useful if anybody is, you know, Needs to pay for parking or whatever, it'll be handled right cool through you Google buy, Maps uh, they call, Google Pay. Yeah, they buy what they call a digital clipper card directly from Google Maps. And cool. once it's into your phone, that's how it works. So pretty cool idea. It's kind of like that, I guess, that fast pass or whatever they call that thing. That, yeah, well, you know, but, on the and it, but it's one last thing to carry. Uh, yes, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So uh, yay to Google. They've and really made some great I would assume that in the future... That you'll be able to do it from a smart watch if you so desire. Probably. Actually, but, that's interesting that you say that because um, they're going to be coming out in the next iOS upgrade, although hopefully at that point it doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, when you're wearing a mask, if you're using face recognition to open your phone, it doesn't recognize you when you're wearing a mask. So Apple in their next upgrade is if you, if you have an Apple watch that you're wearing it will recognize who you are by just holding it up to your uh, face, even if you're wearing a mask. So, yeah. uh, And we're going to be wearing masks, I'm sure, for a long time. I'm so, so security-minded, and uh, as a matter of fact, we got a new mask with a built-in HEPA filter, which we'll talk about next week after we're fully trying right. it out. But I'm so security-minded, I mean, obscenely. So the apps for banking and credit cards right. and all that, I keep yep. on an older phone at home. I do not carry it around with me. I would not have any of that activating from a smartwatch. It's, to me, it's just too dangerous. I also don't uh, download a ton of apps because that's the way people can get through to your devices. So the phone that I carried around, carry around out in the world is basically reading my email, my texts, and reading the news and social media. That's it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, so we found some 80s cool stuff. The, you know, the some of the products that came out in the 80s that, you know, we probably remember and you will remember when we talk about them. Even if you weren't around then, you probably heard of these things. Like, for example, the Apple Macintosh 128K, which came out, hard to believe, but it came out in 1983. Uh, it sold for about twenty, almost $2,500, which today's equivalent would be a little bit better than 6000 it sold over 70,000 units in the first four months. Uh, it had a Motorola 68,000 microprocessor, which I do remember, running at about 7.8 megahertz. Uh, it was connected to 128K RAM, which they split between the processor and the display controller. Uh, and it had a 64K uh, ROM chip on it. 
And that was back in 1980, hard to believe, back in 1983. And 2500 bucks, that was pretty expensive for a computer in those days. Uh, and that was the first Apple Macintosh to come out. Uh, I know. What else did you like on this that, list? That was kicked off with the legendary yep. commercial uh, that was directed by Ridley Scott. And I'll be yeah. tweeting this out soon so you can have a link and you can see the first commercial. It was scary. But what's really scary is a lot of the things in the world. It, it's called 1984, the commercial. Yeah. A lot of the things in the world we're living in are starting to look like that 1984 commercial, which scares the yeah. crap out of me. It yeah. really does. The which Casio calculator was. Well, wait, before you go that, you? which go. Yeah. Wait, I just want to mention the 1984 reference, of course, is to the George Orwell book, 1984, which well, came yeah. out in the 40s, <laughs> 50s, whenever that came out. You know, the, the forecast of what the world was going to be, Big Brother watching you. So that was pretty freaky. Yeah, okay, I, fig Casio, I, figured our list, I figured our listeners kind of. I knew that, yeah, but maybe. Uh, it, maybe it, the, and that commercial was just amazing. Yeah. It was just, it was groundbreaking and scary. And now we're living in that world. So that's that's insane. Yeah. So anyway, so did you have yes. our next item? Yeah. No, I did not. Did you? No, I had a Casio uh, calculator, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, I, I had a cal, but I yeah, never had yeah. the calculator watch because I never, no, I don't I never so. wanted to calculate. It had so this is a watch, folks. In 1983, had a stopwatch, a calendar, a built-in alarm function, right, and it let you do math functions as on well a as a tiny keyboard, tiny, tiny can you imagine keyboard, on your wrist, and. It had the time, a.m. or p.m. marking, and even allowed you to switch to 24-hour military time. This right. was the coolest watch ever. It definitely was, and it was only 20 bucks. So, you know, again, we're talking back in 1983 dollars, but still, even then, it wouldn't have been that much more expensive today, but it was pretty funky looking, you know, I have to say. Uh, the next and one... And, Mark, if you feel ridiculous talking to Siri... It, yeah. tell, tell us about this next one. Well, <laughs> for those of you who might remember, and, and the, it's been in TV shows, and they've made, made fun of this device for a year, but it was the clapper. And the clap, what you did was it would allow you to turn on music or your lights or your TV. All you had to do was plug it into a wall socket. Then you would plug the device you wanted to control into that, and then you clapped which was why it was called the clapper. Uh, it was kind of what today, you know, the OG smart plugs, only uh, not as sophisticated in those days, but it still actually worked. So, you know, if you had a lamp in your bedroom and you were laying in bed and you wanted to go to sleep and you didn't want to get out of bed to turn off the lamp, you just went and it went on and it went off. That but was you know, pretty the cool. The terrible thing was, is the commercials always had these incredibly old geezers. <laughs> Yeah, right. In the ad, so nobody of any age, you know, of any marketable age thought it was cool, but everyone bought them for their grandparents, right? Yeah. I mean, that was a big deal. And, and it was a good device. I mean, it was a clever idea. Like we say, we've talked to smart devices now. We do all that stuff from our phones. But still, just clapping your hands and having it go off, and it got made, a lot of fun was made of that thing on TV shows and all kinds of stuff, but it was pretty cool. Well, the next um, thing from 1986, I absolutely did have, and I still, to this day, I still have it in my guest yep. room. I have one somewhere, too. it was one of the best game consoles ever. It was the Nintendo NES. Yeah. Uh, tagline, now you're playing with power. 
Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Duck Hunt, The Legend of Zelda, Mario Brothers 3, Punch-Out. It, it was amazing. Punch-Out was such a great game. It was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, if I remember, when he was heavyweight uh, champion of the time. And you, was it Zelda you loved? What was the one, the game that oh, you always loved? Oh, The Legend loved? of Zelda. Zelda. Yeah, I played Zelda. Zelda with my daughter through several iterations. We right. loved that game. We played yeah. it And they're still so popular. Much. Still popular. Uh, Mario, uh, they had Super Mario Brothers. That's I think they're still making new versions of Super Mario. So I, that was you know, which cool. I think is kind of interesting. I mean, how much can you do with the two plumbers? <laughs> yeah, I, I well, exactly, exactly. This I, I, next I don't one know. was uh, this next one was one of the weirder ones around. You know, uh, back in the '60s, turntables were very, very popular. That's what we used. You know, you you didn't have all uh, you know digital. There was no digital in those days, and you know, not for a long time. And everybody used turntables. And even today. People look at turntables, and there's had a big resurgence in the last few years. People are now buying turntables again because the sound quality that you got out of a turntable for vinyl records was much better. You can't beat it. You really can't beat it. It sounds so much deeper and wider. I, I can't... If any of you have not listened to vinyl on a turntable, I recommend just go to Best Buy because they have some. Yeah. And and ask them, you want to hear it. Because it's amazing, and you'll want to buy one right away. Because, I mean, turntables today you can get for under $100. Well, right. And they started um, remaking a vinyl. So, you know, there are vinyl that comes out today. Uh, you know, a lot of music is coming There's out of vinyl There's a big resurgence today. in buying vinyl now. Yeah. yeah. So they had this weird thing called the Audio uh, Technica, I guess. Audio, uh, Audio sound Technica. Technica, Technica. Uh, sound Burger. I don't know why they called it a Sound Burger exactly. but uh, Because it was it cool. Bas- yeah, no, we can't say that word. Uh, maybe then you could have said it. What well, was it cool was, in '86? Yeah. In '83. 80, uh, it's it was a cool. por- it was a portable belt drive turntable, and you basically popped it on the album. So you stuck the album in the middle or the vinyl in the middle of this thing, and it came with a little needle. That that's how you listen to music on a turntable, uh, and it was a manual turntable arm. You just put the thing down, and it played vinyl. Uh, and it looks like, I don't remember, but it looks like from the picture that I'm looking at that you had to p- obviously plug it into some kind of yeah, speaker system. Yeah, it spun around the record. Right, correct. Right. So, yeah, it, it was very cool. And what about the Polaroid Sun camera? I mean, yeah, did you? Was... I'm sure you had one of those. I had a Polaroid camera of some kind at some point. I don't remember which one it was. But uh, this particular one they're showing the picture of is one of my favorite all-time actors, James Garner who did the commercial for that. And I didn't have one of these, this specific one, did you? I never liked Polaroid. The only time I liked or used Polaroid cameras when I had my ad agency, we did photo shoots. And in the old days, because you were using real cameras and it wasn't digital, you could slap a Polaroid back onto a Nikon camera, which had the Polaroid film built in. So you could test your shot a couple of times before so you didn't go direct to film and have crappy pictures because you only had one chance for photo shoots. So I never really liked Polaroid. I thought they were kind of crappy looking out of focus. I never saw a great I never saw a great Polaroid picture. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But it was fun but to get instant, you know, in those days of course you had to 
take, you know, a 35 millimeter film and you took a picture and you couldn't see it like we do today with digital cameras. You see what you're taking, you see the picture instantly. In those days, you couldn't see it. So you had to take, the, you know, you had to shoot your 36 roll of film. Then you had to wait a couple of days to get the film back. So it was cool in the day because you could look at the picture instantly. But, but you're right, the quality was not very good. So uh, that was it. I, and I we highly have doubt only you... two left, Mark. You tell them about the CD player. Uh, the CD player. Oh, I was going to talk about the uh, Armatronic robot. Well, we but don't have is... a lot of time. Well, I don't know what CD player. You go then because I'm not sure. Oh, okay, you're talking about the, the Sony? Sony? Yes. Yeah. The first commercially released CD player. Uh, well, that was the Sony CDP-101 CD player. Uh, I don't know that I remember this. Uh, it was, the, as Marcia just said, first commercially released one. Um, Price point was $700. CD players used to be very, very expensive. I remember oh, when yeah. I got the first one for my computer, it was incredibly expensive. Yeah, the, apparently, and I don't remember this, but they say the sound quality was outstanding on the thing. And uh, and it was kind of yeah, And cool it went looking. downhill from there. And the yeah, last yeah. one, I think, because we have to talk about some TV and movies, was, of course, the Motorola Dynatac 8000X in 1983, which was um, the first commercially available cell phone. Uh, it was great. It was nicknamed the Brick. And it didn't offer more than 30 minutes of talk time, eight hours standby, did have an LED display, and you looked really cool. And it was $4,000 in its day. So, hey, exactly. in the 80s, yeah. there was some great stuff. Yeah, there was some cool stuff there. Uh, so, okay, uh, let's talk about, we're not going to go to movies quite yet. I don't think we've still got some time here. Um, apparently, the Mars helicopter, which was, you know, uh, flying around Mars was powered by the same chips as some old Android phones, which I think is pretty interesting. They always talk about how the phones are so powerful these days that they, you know, they could power a multitude of, of things. And apparently there were four phones that you could have powered what the Mars uh, helicopter was, which is kind of fun. Well, the thing was, uh, you know, and it's funny because they run a Qualcomm Snapdragon 801 processor. Yeah, and for anybody yeah. who knows, that's been around for quite a while. Oh, for a long time. But I got to tell you, remember that NASA builds for longevity. Mm -hmm. um, nothing they probably are going to use is absolutely cutting edge because they want to know that that processor is going to work for a long time because there's no repairman on Mars. Right, exactly. So they're going for reliability on that. So the OnePlus One in 2015 had, had this chip in it. What others, Mark? Uh, oh, gosh. Well, they also had the Samsung Galaxy S5, uh, the LG G3, and the HTC One. So those were the four that you could uh, be running the... I wonder if you can run them from, from your... If you still own those phones, do you think it would connect to Mars and you could kind of fly the helicopter from your house? Well, you know, it's mm -hmm. interesting because Perseverance itself is based, like I said, on an older chipset because we know yeah. it works. It's the Bayrad 750 radiation-hardened computer that has 26, 256 megabytes of RAM and 2 gigabytes of storage, right. runs on a 200 megahertz PowerPC 750-compatible processor, and it gives the power of the original iMac in 1998, <laughs> or oh, if wow. you prefer the 1998 Wall Street era powered G3 model. So right. if you remember that power book, that was it too. Yeah. 
But yeah, they use time-tested stuff. They they're not playing around with newfangled. This may work. This may not work. Yeah, seems it seems a little hackable to me. With all the we're in the world of everything getting hacked, if it's run by that, it seems like it might be easy to hack it. But who knows? What do I know about that stuff? I, th- I think uh, hacking is the least of their worries. I think everybody, <laughs> all countries are invested. I mean, we have three countries up in Mars, the United Arab Emirates right now, China, and the U.S. exploring Mars. I think, you know, at this point, there's no reason to hack them. Uh, just my You opinion. wouldn't think. You, yeah. wouldn't, you would hope not, but who knows? I mean, yeah, maybe so. Uh, all right, we got about four minutes left, Mars. You want to go to TV or you want to uh, do uh, talk about... Ch- uh, I'm going to talk about Google Storage next week. So there's your teaser for next week. I'm going to tell you how to clean up your Google hard drive, Google Drive. So that's for next week. So let's talk about TV. What have uh, yeah. you been watching? Uh, I just watched a really good new movie uh, on Netflix last night. Care for, uh, Care for Me, I think was the name. Uh, and it's with uh, Rosamund uh, Pike who I think won an Academy Award, was nominated for Academy Award. And it's a really interesting, kind of crazy story. I don't want to give too much away. And, and Marsha, I'm going to look for the name of it because I'm, I'm now looking. Okay. So you talk about something you like, and I'll come back All with right. the name I love of it. The Flight Attendant. I didn't like oh, it in the show. beginning. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I can tell you that it is a great commercial for not drinking. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah, the, the whole thing, really. But it's it, until she sobers up, which is at the end. But anyway, it is pretty fabulous. It's about a flight attendant, and it's a thriller. It's not scary. There are no zombies. No, it's no. just interesting and well written, and it stars Kelly Cuco, who is of Big Bang Theory fame. Yep, she does an excellent job. The Cinematography is great. The wardrobe is great. I, it's really, really good. It, very, very entertaining. And you're right. At the beginning, I didn't love it as much as I did by the end. She just got nominated for a Golden Globe, her first big time award for something like that. And which is yeah, great. that was that was definitely worth seeing. Uh, also, the movie, by the way, was is called I Care a Lot, and it's a um, movie about a con artist who gets involved with the wrong people. And it's a fascinating movie. Uh, and it just came, I think it was just released maybe yesterday, the day before on Netflix. So if you're looking for a movie to watch on that, that was a really entertaining movie. Uh, what else oh, you and for our Apple Apple fans out there, Apple TV Plus is now available on Chromecast with Google yeah. TV. Mm-hmm. It's also coming to Sony and TCL, Google TVs. And like I said earlier, I use it on my Fire Stick, you know. I, I don't know, and I know there is a benefit to having the Apple TV box if it's your thing. Right. But I it would be interesting to see which, you know, whether Apple TV, the box, or Google, the box, or Fire Stick, the thing. <laughs> yeah. Which is more limiting? You know, which doesn't allow you to download the apps from the other? Because I you really know, don't see a whole lot of reason to have a bunch of them. I have the Apple TV, which I bought a while ago, not, not a long, and then I got this new TV, which has Apple TV built into it. So I now actually don't really need to go to Apple TV, but if you want to use Apple TV+, Plus, which is what you're just talking about, where you saw the, uh, 
the other show, the uh, Kayla Cuoco show, you do have to get it on your Apple TV box. But so, you see, on the Fire Stick, we have Apple TV Plus. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, so, so if, you, if your device has Apple TV Plus, you do. But you're still using an extra device as opposed to using it just well, built but, into your okay, TV. Okay, so what I'm saying is to decide on one device is what I think we should look into. Right. And if you'd like, I'll do that for next week's show. You know, which one device can you buy for, you know, maybe 50 bucks that's going to allow you to have 4K HDR streaming, voice remote? Right. Um, all of that comes with Chromecast with Google yeah. TV. Yeah, it's So pretty cool. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to find a comparison about that because I think this is interesting. Because uh, my uh, daughter, yeah. I mean, she's got a fire stick. She's got this. She just got an Apple TV Plus box. Well, how many do you need? Yeah, exactly. Hey, that's it for us, folks. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. As always, we ask you don't drink and drive. We want your back with us next Okay, week. come back next week. I promise to catch up on some of these stories. And please tell your friends. And if you have a business, we really would love to do some advertising for you. Like us on iTunes. For me, Marsha, at Marsha Collier on Twitter, at Real Mark Cohen, Kurt Boothman, and Wayne Taylor. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought. Bye, see you next week. Do you want week. to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching Thank practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? The Get the Have skills you need to be wait. a successful coach today Bye. with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the coaches training program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. You can reduce your risk of COVID-19 by cleaning and disinfecting frequently touched items and surfaces every day. These items include remotes, tables, counters, light switches, doorknobs, handles, toilets, and sinks. Wear disposable gloves to clean and disinfect. If you can see that the item is dirty, wash first with soap and water or another general cleaner. Then use a household disinfectant to kill germs. Follow manufacturer's instructions for application and proper ventilation to safely use the product. For phones or other electronics, follow the manufacturer's instructions for cleaning and disinfecting. If no instructions, use alcohol-based wipes or sprays containing at least 70% alcohol. Dry surface thoroughly. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit fda.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. 
I raised $8,000 to build schools for South African children. After realizing how many people go hungry in San Diego, I now volunteer at a food pantry. I'm spending the next year doing volunteer projects across three countries and helping in ways they designate to be the most helpful. The World Link program at the Joan B. Kroc Institute for Peace and Justice recognizes the potential of youth as agents of social change. Learn how you can help youth become a generation of leaders in action at peace.sandiego.edu.